Good day, everyone. Thanks for joining us for a new inspiring episode. Before we get started, if you're thinking about your future and how to go about creating more time and freedom, take action now and join Epic, our Esquire Passive Investor Club, by going to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com and clicking Join the Club. Now, we live in a new era of how we think about work. Generations are becoming more and more self-reliant, more entrepreneurial, and value time and freedom over money. Now look, money is important. It's really important. We talk about it all the time on this show, but it's really about why it's important. And it's important because it's a tool. Just like a wheel is a tool that can be used to move something from one place to another, money is a tool to create a better life for you and your family. Just making a lot of money or having a stack of money in your bank account doesn't mean anything if you can't then make that money work for you so that you can have the freedom to live life on your own terms without worrying about the next paycheck. Now that removes the constraints, the bumpers on your life, and then you can become the person you were truly meant to become. Now, maybe that's a top big law business litigator, but maybe it's a travel writer. Maybe it's an emergency room surgeon, or maybe it's a great father or mother. Well, our insightful and resilient guest of honor today is Angela Hahn, and today we're going to take a deep dive to help show you the way. Angela is a Georgetown law grad and healthcare attorney obsessed with all things health. She's also a personal trainer, a wellness coach, and a yoga instructor. She helps busy lawyers overcome their physical and mental challenges through wellness training. All right, folks, on with the show. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. Angela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Seth, for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, so let's just dive right in. Let's, let's talk about your story. What's your story? I know you have a very unique and interesting one, so I'd, I'd just love for you to take a deep dive here. Uh, oh, man. So I, uh, I'm Korean. And I was raised in Korea. I was born in Los Angeles, but I was born in, I mean, I mean, I was raised in South Korea. And so I, I would say that was kind of like my primary where, where everything sort of just started, came back to the States, um, to Boston for college, transferred over to a, a college in Chicago. And then I worked in Las Vegas and then I went to law school in DC. So I've sort of been all over the place, a little bit of a nomad until I got married in law school um, and then kind of got settled here. And so <clears throat> with all of that going on in the background, I think the biggest, I mean, everybody says like the only change is like change is the only constant or something like that. And so that definitely was the case for me. And I didn't know that I was so bad with change um, until until I saw that I was bad with change. Uh, I was just so excited to go to the States. Finally, like feel like I'm free. Like I'm living in America, man. Like <laughs> I was so excited. Um, but then I realized like as a freshman in college, I had such a hard time. Like I knew how to read and speak English, 
but I didn't understand how people spoke. I was like saying, excuse me, like multiple times to ask, okay, I didn't get that joke, uh, which is just such a, such, such a conversation killer. Um, and I just felt <laughs> like so left out. I tried to join all these like student groups and I feel, I felt like I didn't quite fit in um, and just generally felt like an outsider. And because of that culture shock of, of sorts, I kind of became, well, I didn't kind of beca- become bulimic. I was bulimic for about seven years on and off, but it was the worst during college when I felt isolated. I didn't know how to deal with the change. And um, I overcame it through exercise. And that while that was happening, I was again lost in law school because I, again, didn't have any direction. I went to law school for all the wrong reasons, just to make money. Um, I didn't really have any real purpose in going to law school. Like I used to say to people, I, I was a teacher before law school, so I want to make a difference. But, you know, that's I feel like that's kind of bullshit. And so when when I was in law school, I was just really just eyeballing like the big law firms and like trying to trying to how to try to figure out how to make it in life becoming a lawyer because I just wanted to prove myself I don't know to who I have no idea um but I I, that's what I wanted to do and so because I was in it for the wrong reasons I wasn't really focused got mediocre GPA and um got like this extended fellowship for like right after law school I was just like struggling to get get a job and so when I realized that wow like I really need to do something for the right reasons. Uh, and then, so then I got really obsessed about like passion because everybody's talking about passion. What are you passionate yeah. about? I was like, okay, do I need to have a passion to qualify myself as a human being? And then I watched like a bunch of YouTube videos at like 5 a.m. just to figure out how to find your passion. Finally, somebody said, you can find passion by looking at your biggest pain. And like, oh, okay, I went through that bulimia thing. That was pretty painful. And how can I help other people with that painful experience? And that kind of helped me arrive at the personal training thing. And so right after I got, I I passed the bar, I became a personal trainer. I begged the local gym to hire me, worked there for a few months. And then I got my dream job, which is what I have now. and then I had to put up my own shingle, started training people online, even before the pandemic. And then it kind of unraveled from there as I built my business. That's awesome. There's so much there to, to unpack. I don't even know where to start. Um, I try to keep it short, but I, yeah. I just end up going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty short, but there were just so many like major milestones there to, to uh, that I want to ask about. You know, let's maybe dive into your illness if you're comfortable enough with that. I mean, you know, how were you over to able to overcome that? I know you said, you know, health and fitness was a big part of that or exercise. Um, maybe more specifically, like how were you, how are you able to kind of get over that hurdle and get better? Um, so I think I uh I was just watch, I was I was just getting mentored by a mentor uh just earlier today about about commitment. I think while I was bulimic. I was not able to make the commitment to myself. Of course, I don't want to underestimate the fact that it is an illness and certain illnesses are out of your control. Um, And for me, I wanted to make the commitment to get out of it. 
And part of it was the fact that it was an illness. It's kind of like, you know, you don't really have control over an infection, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I I was like, I do want to take some sort of control over it. But I was kind of left to my own faculties. Like I was alone for the seven years until I met my husband uh, at the beginning of law school. We didn't go to law school together, but that is the timeline that we met. And then when we did get married, because I overcame it right in the middle of law school, like he was there to sort of hold me accountable. And I kind of try not to talk about this because I feel there was a point in time, point of time in my life where I felt embarrassed to say that someone helped me overcome a challenge because I want to be the one overcoming my own challenges. Right. He really did help because he was another human being that I was living with. And so I couldn't just do whatever I wanted to do. And so I think that was a point, that was a turning point where, okay, I need to be like, like really prioritize this, be extremely committed and do something about it. Yeah. It's almost like having a, an accountability partner, right? It's like you, you, com- you committed to yourself and then you committed to your, your husband and just said, you know, I'm going to do this. And once you kind of put that out into the world and say, I'm going to do this, it's hard to kind of backtrack and, and, and fail. So you, you've got to succeed at that point. You've kind of made that commitment and you've got to, got to move forward at that point. Yes. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I switching gears a little bit, you said, and, you know, you went to law school maybe for the wrong reason, whether it be, you know, try to get that big law firm job or um, just for the money. I mean, I can certainly relate to that. I mean, I, I went to med school for a little bit first and mm-hmm. I went for about a year and two weeks and dropped out because I hated it. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I saw my future was not going to be what I wanted it to be, but um, I was still set in that same mindset. Like, well, if I'm not going to be a doctor, then I still, you know, what's the best job I can get. And to me, that was okay. Well, I'm going to be a lawyer now. So I went, <laughs> went to law school. So I still didn't have the right mindset. Um, and then I got the big law firm job and then it got down to like, okay, well maybe, you know, making partner and all this money is not going to be worth it. Cause I see, you know, these partners that are 65, 70 years old and they're still plugging away and still, you know, in the office before me, leaving after me. And it's like, if I do everything right, I'm going to end up like that. Like if I, if I don't make the big mistakes and I do everything right, that's kind of my future. And I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's not what I want either. So that's when I started kind of looking at, you know, types, other types of investments and side hustles and things like that. And it looks like, you know, you, you've got your dream job, but you've also realized that there, you know, there are other things that interest you and other side hustles that um, you want to be a part of and, and, and succeed in. Exactly. Because my dream job is not my dream job because it pays the highest salary. It really is not. The reason that it is my dream job is that is first and foremost, the people, um, my boss, my boss is the dream boss. He's somebody who cares about me as a human being. And that kind of just speaks for itself. Like, I don't, you don't even need any details <laughs> after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because he cares about me as a human being, he cares about my time, my space, my energy. And he, th- therefore, he respects all of that about who I am. And as a result of that, I don't feel guilty. If I do feel guilty about being five minutes late or missing a deadline or whatever, that has to do with my own guilt. It doesn't have to do with anybody else. And so it's about just me managing my own self on my own feelings and my own thoughts. 
And as a result of that, I get more time and space to do whatever it is that I want to do. And that allows me to just grow in ways that I want to grow. Because, you know, there are people who want to grow in ways where they just want to become an industry leader in healthcare. And there are people who want to be a leader in something else, like building a side hustle or having passive income or having uh, a lot of good active income or whatever income stream that you want to have in your life to design the lifestyle that you want to, that you want to live. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tell us a little bit about your current practice. Didn't really jump into that too much. I mean, what makes it your dream job is, is, you know, the people that you work with and your boss, but tell us a little bit about your practice. Yeah. So I'm in-house counsel for a healthcare company in the Baltimore area. And I, it's, it's, it's kind of like any in-house counsel. I look at, I draft contracts, negotiate contracts, um, deal with HR issues, labor and employment uh, stuff, which is like the same thing, manage litigation and uh, corporate filings and all the, all the kind of like legal stuff that, that keeps the company running, which is kind yeah. of such a weird way to describe it, but I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So you've got all that stuff going on and, you know, you've got a few side hustles. I know at one point it was personal training. It's not anymore, but maybe you can kind of tell us about the, you know, the side hustles that you have right now. And and you can also describe, you know, the personal training thing that you did before as well. Yeah. You know, I was saying to you before the recording that I don't do this anymore, but it really was the, the, the foundation of how I started uh, building Mm -hmm. a business. Um, I, I was telling you about how I thought that I could help other people through personal training because exercise is what helped me overcome my own issues. And so right after I passed the bar, I got certified. I actually failed the personal training certification <laughs> right, <laughs> right before I took the bar because I think it was just like too much on my mind. And so I failed by like one question. But anyway, I retook it after like I finally got the news. Okay, my heart is a little bit more at peace. And then when I like passed it, I walked into the nearest gym and I said, hey, I just got certified. I will work for you for minimum wage. Um, and then I just badgered them for, for weeks. <laughs> and and because because there were because even though I knew when I mean, we all know, like when even when you pass the bar, you it doesn't it's, it's nothing. It doesn't tell you how good you are as a lawyer. It doesn't tell you how to draft a contract, for example. So I knew that I had to get like on the job practice and there were a bunch of trainers in that gym and I needed to learn from them period. And so I did whatever it took finally worked there. Um, and then I had to, to move for this job, as I was saying earlier, and there are no gyms around this place, around this area that I live in. And so I kind of went online, went on Thumbtack. Is there a Thumbtack near where you are? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Thumbtack, yeah. yes. A lot of, you're actually the first person who interviewed me <laughs> that knows what Thumbtack <laughs> is. But Thumbtack is like, a, for listeners who might not know, is like a place where you can post your contractor profile or whatever. And so I put in like my lowest, the lowest price in the neighborhood. So, oh, of course, if I put in the lowest price, everybody's gonna wanna hire me with my zero business knowledge. And of course, <laughs> a bunch of people hired me and, and then it was all a revolving door because people who aim for 
we both know this, people who aim for the lowest price are always haggling for even even lower price. (laughs) And um, so, okay, I got to pivot. I got to do something about this. And then I just started reading up on business, watching up on business, whatever, getting mentored, uh, getting coached, whatever, but still so insistent that I need to teach myself because I was like, oh, it's just business. I got through law school. How hard could it be? Uh, right. Wrong. <laughs> it's like way harder uh, than, than, well, not harder. I don't know. Like, I think it's extremely hard period. Um, and so I, I, I just learned as much as I could. I hired a publicist who could help me get famous <laughs> so that I can so uh, publicize my um, business. And then that guy was like, his name is Mark McDonald. And I'll tell you why I'm sharing his name. Mark said, <laughs> okay, calm down. You're not going to be on the cover of New York times tomorrow, but instead you should start a podcast. And I said, hell no, I have like one client. No one cares. No one's going to listen to me. And he asked me like 10 more times. I said no all 10 times. And finally I said, yes, the 11th time. And I started a podcast, just interviewed people about what it's like to be fit to practice, what it's like to be a lawyer. Um, And and then it just kind of went from there. Um, Talking to people allowed me to grow my network and et cetera. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And now it's developed into you're, you're a life coach of some sort, right? Yeah. So I was going to actually continue the story, but I didn't want to get it too long. But what happened? Oh, yeah. Was, <laughs> <laughs> go, go for uh, it. Yeah. So that was around like June 2019 when I was like struggling, didn't know what to do. And then um, like six months in, six or seven months in, like right before the pandemic, I was like, okay, no one's listening. No, still no one's listening to it. I told you no one's going to listen to it. No one is listening to it. <laughs> Um, and so I was like, I almost gave up. I was like, okay, well, why don't I just record a, a bunch of like interviews right before I go on leave in March, 2020. And just, just enough to last me through, through the leave, through the maternity leave. And then once I'm out of interviews, then I'll, I'll just stop. Um, and of course it takes off during the pandemic. Like the pandemic started like right after my child was born like they started wearing masks at the hospital the day after she was born. And so uh, people then found me through my podcast and then people started listening to what I had to say on LinkedIn. I didn't have any traction for like a year on LinkedIn. I, I It's my responsibility because I did post like stupid shit, like recipes, <laughs> like healthy recipes or whatever that I didn't care about because I thought that's what you're supposed to do as a health coach. Um, and then when I started getting traction, people started asking me, okay, how do you do this? How do you exercise? How do you start a business? How do you do a podcast? All that. And so I started coaching kind of outside just the health, you know, space. And so then I recently started rebranding myself as life coach, as somebody who just helps you get results in whatever it is that you want in life. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you're able to do that while having, you know, a full-time legal practice going on. Yeah. I mean, it's not my practice, um, but right. Yes, it is a practice. A practice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, rewinding a little bit. I mean, the lesson learned before was, you know, do what you do, what you need to do and maybe, you know, take that reduced pay or, you know, whatever you have to do to to get the experience and the education you need. And I was talking about, you know, your personal training experience. It was like, you knew that you had a lot to learn and you were starting kind of at the bottom. And instead of, you know, banging your head against the wall, you did what you had to do to, to get that education and to get that experience. And I think you can apply that to a, a lot of different facets. Yeah, exactly. Business teaches you so much about, it really humbles you building a business. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it really tells you to calm down with your ego. Definitely. Yeah. And we're, we're definitely not taught that in law school or oh, any yeah. school. <laughs> even, I mean, I even got my, I got my MBA too, but we, you know, you're still not taught to run a business. Like you're taught to like read a spreadsheet and to read a, a P and L you're not really taught how to actually run a business. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. And I love what you said about the podcast. You're like, I was the same way. I didn't want to start a podcast. I joined a mastermind and they were like, you've got to find a platform. Like what, what's your platform going to be? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm a lawyer. I guess I can do like a blog. I can write, but I don't really love writing either. And they're like, well, start a podcast. And I'm like, I don't want to put myself out there. I don't, I'm not that person. I, I, you know, I keep to myself, you know, I'll post on social media. I'll put my food on there. Like that's, <laughs> that's about as far as it goes. And then eventually when you let it fly, you just, you know, it turns into something special and you're like, oh, wow, I can't actually do that. It's almost like um, it's a confidence booster. You grow as a person doing it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All these things that you don't want to do. That's, that's the stuff that makes you grow. Yeah. Yeah. Call that the, the discomfort zone, you know, live there as much as you, as much as you possibly can. Yes. hundred percent. Um, but it, it is another thing is it's, it's tough. Like when you start recording those episodes and you know, you hit record, you hit distribute and you let it fly and you're like, now what, <laughs> like, <laughs> what now? Exactly. I didn't even look at my numbers for like the first three months. Cause I knew that it, it, it would only, uh, make me feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely avoid it and it'll, exactly. it'll go away. <laughs> exactly. It worked yeah. out though. So it's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any tips on, you know, how our listeners can identify their, their passion or, you know, if they're like, you know, maybe stuck kind of in their, their day job or their nine to five. And they're like, man, I, I really want to start a side hustle. I just don't know what it is. Um, Cause a lot of us, especially in the legal profession, we, we wound up here, you know, by happenstance and we're just like, okay, well, that's something I can do. So I'll do it. And now you're kind of like, Oh, what else can I do? Do you have any tips for how they can maybe identify that, that passion? Yeah, I think that they already know the answer. Um, I think that's the problem. That's the problem. They already know the answer, but they don't want to admit to it because of expectations. Expectations are the biggest dream killers because they have these expectations. Oh, in my first month of business, I'm supposed to generate $5,000. Oh, in my first month of business, I should have at least one client. That person seemed like they were able to do it. That person, blah, 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 right? And so I think that people are afraid to admit to answers that they already know because of the fear of failure and also because of their definition of what failure is. They think that, oh, in the first month of business, uh, failure means that you don't get enough business or whatever. And that's failure. And my question is like, who's, who's saying that? Like, according to who is that failure? And so I think that when you get rid of that fear of 
whatever it is, judgment from other people, fear that you might be wrong, fear that your expectations won't be met. Those are the things that are keeping you from seeing what you need to see, which is the answer that you're looking for. Like, what is my passion? Like, you already know this. Like, I don't know is a lazy answer. Because people can say things like, oh, like try out different things. I know that Gary Vee is like, oh, just try 5,000 things and see what sticks. Um, you know, those are <laughs> strategies. They're, those yeah. are good strategies. And I, I respect that. I, I, I mean, I definitely practice that as well. And there are some people who are like, okay, just like start small or like take care of yourself and all of that. But I think the very first step is to, 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 to sit with yourself because that's the thing that we hate to do. We hate sitting with ourselves because we are so afraid of what we, we might find. The feeling is that we have um, the fear and the feelings or whatever, but sit with it. Maybe you want to journal about it. Maybe you want to vent about it. Maybe you want to make a video out of it. I don't know, but sit with it first, be uncomfortable. Because if you want to do anything, you have to feel comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, so being uncomfortable is going to equip you for whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and it'll be the sooner you do that, the sooner it's going to feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Sit with yourself, sit with yourself in silence. I mean, turn the, turn the music off in your car and just think. You know, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people come up with the best ideas that they can ever come up with when they're in the shower because they're not thinking about anything. They're just kind of on, uh, you know, auto mode at that point. And you're just kind of thinking and that that's when the best ideas happen. Um, and you got to think without boundaries. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of self-doubt. There's a lot of, you know, well, what if I fail? You know, what what's my family going to think? I'm already an attorney or a doctor or something and I want to launch a podcast. They're probably like, what, what the hell are you going to do that for? Um, so you've got to kind of not limit yourself and think without boundaries as well. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Stop thinking. Cause when you have expectations, like you actually are limiting yourself, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to make a certain amount of revenue in my first year of business. Let's say six figures and you're afraid because you're not going to make it. Well, what if what if you make way more than six figures or the six figure amount that you set for yourself? And so when you set a timeline and a deadline and then tell yourself you have to meet that, you're creating resistance. Like what if you're capable of so much more than that? And so it's about creating a goal and then being detached to the outcome because that's what I did with my podcast. I was like, okay, I'll just let it, let it live for a few more months and then I'll just close it out. I'm detached to the outcome. And then all of a sudden people are listening to it. And I think, I mean, I, I believe in spirituality, having a spirituality practice as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, because when you're running a business, the out, the, 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 like practically speaking on paper, the outcome is not guaranteed. It's not certain. And so spirituality helps you with that. It helps you guarantee your results and your outcome because you can analyze all the data in the world, but that's not going to guarantee you any results. It all starts in here with the mind. And so you have to understand that, that the sooner that you get uncomfortable, 
um, with all these uncomfortable thoughts and feelings, the faster you'll be able to find evidence just in your mind. Oh, I am certain of my success. It doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. And then so then you start uh, getting rid of expectations or even if you have them, become detached to the outcome. Yeah, I love all that. It's hard to, and especially attorneys that, or, or not just anyone that's really busy, like with their W-2, it's hard to even get into that kind of silent creative space where you can start, you know, trying to break down those barriers and kind of get over those mental humps because all you have time to think about is your, your work and your job. And then when you get home from your job, you have your family and you don't have time for yourself. So it's difficult. There's kind of a balance there for you to be able to, you need to be able to carve out a little bit of time out of your day, your week to kind of put yourself in that mindset so you can, you know, push yourself and get into that discomfort zone. Yeah, exactly. So I actually heard you talk about this on another podcast, and I'd love to dive into this a little bit because I think it would be very valuable for our listeners. And that's, you know, approaching your boss about obtaining some flexibility. Um, I think you had a, an interesting story there behind that because, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks that, are, that work kind of nine to five, we've had a little bit more flexibility lately because of uh, the pandemic and everything working from home. But, you know, soon, if not now, people are already back to work and going to the office. So, you know, how do you go about, approaching your boss or do you have any tips on approaching your boss about trying to get some more flexibility in your schedule so that you can you know pursue some of the, some of your passions and some of the things you're interested in yeah i think three things and i feel like i'm gonna forget the second or third thing as i guess <laughs> the first, but i three things come to mind the first is with the whole spirituality thing kind of really training yourself to be certain about your worth because the reason that we are afraid to approach anybody for something, requesting anything, is like, oh, am I worth it? Or are they going to see that I am worth it? And this is the hardest part because you're, ask, you're, you're literally asking a question about whether that is true. But if you come to the table with a certainty, even if you are questioning it, even if you're asking a question about it, then it, it's reflected in the question that you ask and the demeanor that you bring to the table. And so number step number one is to be certain about the fact that you are worth whatever you're asking for. And if you're like, oh, well, like that doesn't seem reasonable. It's like unrealistic to think that, but that's a choice. Like, is that the, what, what choice are you willing to make? And number two is kind of going back to uh, the, 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 the or detachment or unattachment to the outcome. And being like, oh, even if they say no, I will find a way because I'm so certain about getting what I want one way or another. Um, could be a new job or it could be getting a reduction in pay or it could be finding more time in the weekend or whatever it is. Whatever that person, whatever the boss has to say is not reflective of everything that you're responsible in your life to make time and energy and money or whatever. And so that's number two is the unattachment. And the third is kind of on the practical side. Okay, what is the, what is the company needing from you? Like, what is the value that you bring to the company? And this is kind of like what you see on like, oh, how to ask for a salary raise <laughs> articles. You know, like what, what kind of value do you bring to the table? And I think it's being clear about that 
is my value attached to the fact that I'm 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 churning out agreements at like 10 a.m. every morning, or is it is it more important that I am doing it on a timely basis, even though it's not like strictly within 10 minutes or an hour or whatever? So being clear about if even if you get what you're asking for, whether it's more money or more flexibility, will the value that you contribute to the company or the firm still outweigh your compensation, whether it's more time or money? And so because I was very clear, oh, even if I ask for more time, I will still be able to carry out my duties. In fact, if I get the more, I get what I want. I will be able to produce more because I've come from an energy of like gratitude. But if I'm coming from an energy of like resentment, like I might make more mistakes. I don't know. <laughs> and so kind of understanding that and coming with the energy of like, oh, actually this is for your benefit, not really me. <laughs> And also right. that's kind of, kind of going back to like number one, being certain about who you are and the value you bring to the table wherever you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely you need to appreciate where your value lies in, in the company or in the firm. And then as well as, you know, what, you know, what is this going to, how is this going to benefit them? Um, I mean, it's just with any business, whether it's a job or whether it's a, you know, a, uh, entrepreneurship venture it's like it's all about you know providing value to the other person as well it's like well what what is this going to do for them and that's going to help them um, maybe be a little bit more flexible and, and open to discussions with you oh yeah exactly gotta know your facts before you get in <laughs> get in there for sure all right before we jump into the freedom four i always like to ask this pretty general question because i'd let people take it where they want to take it um just one last golden nugget for our listeners oh man Golden nugget. Okay, well, this is my golden nugget, so I'll just share my golden nugget. Is uh, somebody told me about this quote from the book, A Course in Miracles. Um, Those who are certain can wait, and they can wait without anxiety. And that has been a golden nugget for me, not because I'm good at doing that, but because that's the constant reminder that I go to when it's really hard. And especially as business owners and entrepreneurs, we are craving certainty. We are craving that stability because a lot of us, we have left jobs. We have left stability for something else. And so we are always craving that stability, but no one can give that to you. You can only create that in your mind and then your reality is reflected by that. And that is what I remind myself every time I feel uncertain. That's perfect. That's perfect. And and I always like to say, I mean, the more uncertainty that you can handle, I think the more successful you can be. I mean, the people that can kind of roll with the punches and deal with the fluctuations and, and just be flexible with, you know, how they, how they accept life. I, I think they can be the most successful people. They are the most successful people. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's jump into the freedom Four. it's time for the freedom Four. what's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy. Exercise. Perfect. Same here. Same here. My wife and I own a gym, so we uh, we were able to utilize that on and off throughout the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. Oh my gosh. That is yeah. awesome. Uh, what's uh, one piece of technology or a life hack that you use uh, to, to be your most productive self? I don't know if this is technology, but I delegate furiously. 
I think a lot of people have a hard time doing that, especially, especially attorneys. Cause you think that, you know, you can do it all yourself and you can do it better than the next person. Um, I would, there's a rule of thumb. I use if, if somebody else can do it 80% as well as me, or as well as I think that I can do it, um, delegate it, get it off your plate. Amen. <laughs> What's one actionable step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom? Oh my God. One thing. Yeah. I think it's looking at the things that are not creating your freedom. Like okay. we are in such a victim mentality. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't because I, I don't have time. But did you really take a look at the things that are draining your time and energy? Because if you take a look, some of those can be outsourced. Some of them are optional. Some of them are completely unnecessary. And only a fraction of it is something that, that you need to do. I mean, actually, like 99% of it, you don't have to do yourself. Yeah, take a step back and, and evaluate. Yeah. Um, last but not least, how has passive income made your life better? Oh, this is so good. Actually, this is the thing that I wanted to talk about <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because I was like, when I told you, I went to law school for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I said, it's because of money. It was for the wrong reasons, not because I wanted money, but because I didn't have a real purpose because there is this, the reason I, I think that your podcast is amazing is it really embraces the value of money. We don't talk about money enough. And it's like another reason that people are so afraid to start their own projects. It's like, oh, like, you know, I don't really need much. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy where I am. Like, or, or just generally speaking, they settle for less. And they feel like wanting more money is some, some sort of greed. But money only makes you more of who you are. And so if you're a mean person or a rude person, more money is only going to make you amplify that, that trait of yours. But if you're a generous person, more money is going to mean you donate more or you do more projects that are going to help other people. And so what is the biggest advantage to having passive income is the fact that money allows you to be more of who you are. So if you're working on yourself constantly, about becoming a better person, we never ever have to be afraid of earning more money because it's only gonna make you more of who you are, which is better and better and better. Wow, that's probably the best answer. I ask every guest that, but that's probably the best answer that I have heard um, in, in all the episodes I've recorded so far. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so. Angela, this has been awesome. Can you tell us where our listeners can contact you or learn more about you? Yes. I actually just redid my website, Angela-Han.com. And I'm very active on LinkedIn. So please find me there. I'd love to chat with you. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Wow. What a great, insightful, meaningful interview. Angela is so genuine and comfortable in her own skin. Her story is amazing, and I can't wait to have her on again to learn more. Major key, her quote, if you want to find your passion, you have to reflect on your pain points. I absolutely love that. So many of us struggle with quote, unquote, finding our passion, 
it's even cliche at this point, but, but most of us still struggle with it. Start with what you don't want to do and grow from there. To continue your personal growth and learn more about passive investing and alternative assets, go to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com and download the Freedom Blueprint. All right, until next time, signing off, celebrate the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.